0: So the second day at the Grand Canyon, um, I'll read what I posted about our trip. Um, Second day of our trip headed back to the Grand Canyon National Park on our way to Utah. It snowed overnight and we had six inches of wet, heavy snow on our rental car that morning. Why don't rental cars come with scrapers. We had to use our tripod to clean off the car and we saw another fellow using his hiking pole. Welcome
1: to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode 31.
0: And we're calling this Countdown to 2021, March and April. Hello, I'm Winnie and that was Bill. And we are Winnie and Bill. We have a, a photography business called Quiet Shutter Photo. And the way we like to do our podcast is we will post nine photos to our Instagram account, which is Quiet Photo. And you can follow along while you listen to the pictures that we post, or you can look at them later on when it's um, maybe a little more convenient. And we'll talk about those photos, the story behind the photo, what went into making those photos, or whatever comes to our minds. So um, before we get started, let's thank Anchor podcasting platform. It's a free podcast platform. You can access it through the internet or an app on your on your smartphone. Uh, If you want to make a podcast, you can do it. We can do it. You can do it. So thanks, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor. So we are spending the last part of 2020 counting down uh, to 2021 by reviewing this past year. Um, And last week, we talked about January and February. March and April for us, March was, was pretty spectacular. We had planned a uh, vacation to Arizona and Utah and uh, and we went, it was right at the very beginning of the COVID pandemic crisis. Yeah. Um, and we weren't sure yet, or we didn't realize yet how horrific it was going to be. So we went ahead and went on our trip. Um, When we got back, I posted photos on our Facebook and, and sort of, wrote um a little journal or a little blog about each day or each um little segment of our trip and i think today bill i'm going to read some of what i wrote as we go through our photos and talk about our our trip that we took in march sure so this was the very first uh post that i did and it was i titled it why you should not travel during a global pandemic but we did <laughs> It says, Bill and I have not traveled widely during our lives together. For many years while raising our family, a vacation was family camp at Park of the Pines. And even then we would have to commute to work during camp. Now that we are empty nesters, we have a few more opportunities to check some things off our list. You know, the bucket list. This year we planned a trip to Arizona and Utah to see some of our iconic national parks. We found some really cheap tickets to Phoenix directly from Traverse City, small town that's quite close to us. And we planned the dates to not interrupt with work meetings and other obligations. So off we went March 11th, the first day that the COVID-19 virus was declared a global pandemic. This was also the first day that cases of the virus were reported in Michigan. Arizona had only two cases and Utah had one. The country still seemed kind of normal. So we went. I write this because I feel guilt. We should not have traveled. Nothing bad happened. And so far we are not sick. We are home abiding by all the recommended recommendations for social distancing, etc. We tried to do this on our trip as well. We washed our hands with soap or hand sanitizer we avoided crowds. We stayed outdoors as much as possible, which was the intent of the trip to begin with. We got car- carry out, drive through food and ate in our rental car or in our hotel by ourselves. We washed our hands. A lot. We di- a lot. We didn't go shopping. We didn't try out the best restaurants. We didn't go to the IMAX movie. We washed our hands. <laughs> a lot. We also had a great time. I know it feels irresponsible, but we did. We did not realize how much the world would change in just seven days. And now we are home. And if you know us at all, you know that we took literally thousands of photos on our trip. Because many of us are laying low in our homes, I will share some of the best images with you and the background stories in the next days to help distract anyone interested from the anxiety of our current situation. I would also like to encourage you to get outdoors if you can. Here in Northern Michigan, many of us can step out our front doors and go for a walk or a hike without encountering another human. I think fresh air and sunlight, if we had any, is good for us. Post photos when you do of the things that you see, big things like sunrise or sunset, small things like spider webs and drops of water on dried leaves. Whatever inspires you. Tag me in your photos. I want to see them. So keep watching for our posts. I hope you enjoy them and wash your hands. So how did you feel, Bill, about taking that trip in March? Did you feel as guilty for doing it as I did or...
1: Well, in retrospect, yes, but when we were on vacation, like you said earlier, it really wasn't wasn't really, um, because we learned later on it was a bigger deal than everyone was letting on. Um, but at the time, we didn't know the severity uh, of what was going on, and uh, we kind of found out um, how big of a deal it was getting to be as we were on vacation.
0: I know that yeah. was, that was the thing that was interesting. We flew into Phoenix and we drove directly up to, a, do you remember the name of the small town outside of the Grand Canyon where we stayed? say Williams, William? Williams, Williamsburg or Williams Sun, Williams Sun, something like that.
1: Yeah. I guess we should have looked that name up. I know
0: I should have wrote that down, <laughs> but it um, just
1: outside of the Grand Canyon, actually.
0: Yeah. So, um, was it that very first morning that, or was it, no, I think it was the second morning actually. Cause the first day we went up to you, up to the, up to the park, up to the Grand Canyon. The second day when we got the snow was the day that I got the phone call that all activities at park of the pines were going to have to be canceled. And that, um, yeah. Right. That things were, things were starting to look serious. So the first day we didn't have to, we really didn't have to think about it that much.
1: No, no. And people were somewhat timid of each other, but again, it was, you know, nobody really knew what, what the severity of any of it really ended up, ended up being.
0: I know it's, it's interesting to look back to that, knowing, you know, what happened in the future. But at that point in time, people, I think were you know, paying more attention to washing hands and, and sure, and you know, but people were not yet divided on how, you know, people weren't divided into the people who agreed with masks or didn't agree with masks. And, you know, it, we were still pretty naive, I guess, at that point. Right. Yeah. So we drove up to the little town outside of the Grand Canyon and uh, we just spent, we just went right to our hotel that night. Right. We, yeah it's been a next, long
1: day, and we yeah. just went in had some had some carry out dinner and uh and went to bed
0: and then on on our trips, you know sometimes people on vacation want to just you know sleep in, lounge around, take it easy. but man, we have worked so hard for so many years to get to the point in our life where we can take a few vacations that we don't want to miss a minute i I usually am one that likes to sleep in. And Bill usually falls asleep kind of early in the evening. But when we're on vacation, man, we we want to suck up every minute of it and and not spend a lot of time sleeping. Is isn't? Would you agree, Bill? That's how oh, we, yeah,
1: we I, we both want to do as much as we can in the time that we're allotted to be yeah. away from home.
0: I am not a morning person and I have to work hard at getting up early in the morning and getting going. But when we're on vacation, I make that happen.
1: If you go west, it's a little more convenient because you actually, um, you know, your body's still on Eastern time and you gain a couple hours. So
0: it does help a
1: little bit. If you get up at six in the morning, it's like getting up at eight in the morning at home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that helps. So um, the first place we were planning to visit was the Grand Canyon. And um, I think I'll just read what I wrote about the Grand Canyon our first day. It says, uh, first stop on our trip was the Grand Canyon. For a long time, I didn't think I wanted to bother with the Grand Canyon. I think it felt like that perhaps it was overhyped. A hilarious Yelp review says, whoopity-doo, Grand Canyon. You are a giant hole in the ground. You were caused by erosion. You don't have a roller coaster or Dippin' Dots. Geesh. Can you say overrated? I also did want to go to a place overrun with people. This being the middle of March, though, we thought maybe we stood a chance of having the place all to ourselves. Well, you can always hope. Kind of. The other thing I dreaded was vertigo. As I've gotten older, I have found that I sometimes become disoriented in high places. I also get sick on big water. When did this start happening? In any case, we went and it was disorienting in a big, spectacular and amazing way. The Grand Canyon is disorienting. It's huge. Bill and I arrived at the Grand Canyon the first day early in the morning. There were very few cars in the vast number of parking lots. The visitor center was not yet open. We walked the paved walk to the first view of the canyon. I don't have words to describe it. Everything looks normal up to the rim. Then it looks fake. Yes, fake. It looks like someone put a big, huge movie screen up in front of you because you don't really comprehend or believe what you just opened, what just opened up in front of you. There are some viewing areas that have fencing and railing, but a lot of it is just natural. Like you could take one too many steps and down you would go. Again, according to Wikipedia, the Pueblo people considered the Grand Canyon a holy site and made it made pilgrimages to it. I can see why. Seeing the Grand Canyon puts your existence in perspective as a small speck in comparison to everything else. It did feel like a place of worship that we had made a pilgrimage to, It even if that is not what we had set out to do. Pictures do not do it justice. You must someday, if you have not already, go to the Grand Canyon and stand on the edge of the rim and just try to take it all in. So Bill, do you want to, are you at our first picture? I am. So this is a picture of you sitting on the rim of the Grand Canyon, just a small little slice of it.
1: Very small slice. Yeah.
0: Taking a picture. But how did you feel when you first saw, when you, first got to the opening of the canyon or the rim of the canyon
1: well just awestruck i guess I like you it's said um you know it's almost like it's not real just because it goes on and on and on and you're in your mind's eye you're looking trying to give it some perspective and it's it's just goes on forever it seems like
0: it's it's it is really hard to describe really hard to describe.
1: I think when we first saw that, I, I said to you, can you imagine being the first people that walked upon this? And like you say, you do, you walk right up and you don't see the canyon until you walk to the very edge of it. And I, this is the south rim of the uh, Grand Canyon, by the way. There's, there's several places in different locations along the canyon itself that you can go But we were only allowed to go to the South Rim because everything else was closed for the winter.
0: Yeah, it was in March. The North Rim is not accessible. But someday I would like to go to the North Rim and see what it looks like. But it is just, like you say, it goes on forever. It's hard for your eyes and your mind to comprehend what you're seeing. And also, man, if you walked, you know, if you were an early explorer and you just walked up to that in the night you would die <laughs> you would just drop oh off yeah
1: it. yeah you you just stepped one too far and no one would ever see you again
0: it was um it's spectacular it's absolutely spectacular um
1: it is and there are you know there's there's hikes you can take down into the canyon and uh i mean i guess there's actually a hotel down in there now that you can stay at um but um they yeah take, i think India, they take mule trails down in there and all kinds of crazy I think stuff first
0: nation to, you know people lived in the ca- in the canyon you know that yeah. was where their existence was yeah. like it's it's so vast it's
1: and it, i can certainly see um why the natives and i think lots of people go there just just to, to collect their thoughts and meditate and and uh just take it all in and like you said you just feel um small in comparison to everything else yeah, around yeah. you yeah yeah
0: we were um in the little walk by the visitor center and that's very friendly you know for any anybody even you know wheel wheelchair accessible but um we were walking along the paved walk along the rim there and all of a sudden up out of the canyon came a couple of elk
1: yeah, you, just, yeah, like ten feet from us, just popped yeah, up they just out of there. Popped
0: up out of the canyon, and, and
1: I'm like, how did that elk just climb up the side of a rock cliff? That yeah, crazy. it's just a
0: cliff. It's like you just look, and it seems like it goes straight down. Yeah, yep, they just popped up there and walked past us like no big deal. It was, it's just a crazy, crazy place. We only spent a couple of days at the Grand Canyon, and. Um, Probably, if we do it again, I think that we would pick a hike that would be match our abilities. But I think we should take a hike that takes you down a little ways into the canyon.
1: Yeah, yeah, just to experience it. I think it's it's well worth the time and effort. Like I think you could you could spend a whole year trying to explore the place. Oh, I, I bet mean,
0: there are people who've spent a lifetime. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: I'm sure there have been. Um,
0: it, it's just it is spectacular though, and so in this picture, Bill's sitting on the rocky edge. Um, he's taking a picture. He's wearing his, our, one of our camera backpacks on his back. And I took this picture from behind. I am very wary of heights. So my next uh, post on Facebook says, as a photographer, you are always looking for the light. As a person from northern Michigan, you are always looking for the sun, especially this time of year. Now, that was March. This is November, and yes, we've started to look for the sun.
1: It's a rare occasion right now.
0: Exactly. When we went to the Grand Canyon, we hoped for some dramatic light. What we got was cloudy and dreary. We have learned, though, that you must be open to whatever you get. Jim Doty, who I've mentioned many times before, uh, photographer and uh, instructor, introduced us to um, National Geographic photographer dewitt jones who reminds us to think what will i be given today so we wanted dramatic lighting we got cloudy and foggy wait we were given fog and dramatic views yes we were here in the here in this next picture this is picture number two bill nice here is the desert view watchtower at grand canyon A building that was designed by Mary Coulter, an architect in the 1900s, when not many women were architects. The tower was a building built for Grand Canyon tourists, but it looks as though it's an ancient tower. Here, here we were looking over the edge at one overlook, and you could see over to the tower, and there was fog or clouds, maybe you would say, that were... Obstructing our view, but every now and then they would clear enough that we could get a picture of the tower.
1: Yeah, they say the Grand Canyon makes its own weather. And I think it was just Absolutely. making its own clouds that day. Yeah. And uh, it had been a little cooler and the heat um, was lifting the moisture up and creating these clouds. And yeah, we got this kind of cool picture um, that while well, we were kind of frustrated that there wasn't any light per se where we wanted to take pictures all of a sudden we were given this little gift.
0: Yeah. So in this picture, you can see the tower on the ridge and then it's foggy underneath it. And you can still see some of the Canyon wall below that. Yeah. Um, th- some of our pictures are beautiful. I mean, our pictures are beautiful, but none of them really give you the exact sense of what it's like when you're there.
1: I don't know that I've, uh, you know, I've seen pictures of the Grand Canyon and I now know that there are no pictures of the Grand Canyon that can explain the vastness of it. There's just no way. Yeah, um,
0: something you really should experience. Even,
1: even though there are gorgeous, gorgeous views, um, the thing's so big that yeah. there's no one picture to take it all in, that's for sure.
0: The rest of this post says something That always looking at the world through a camera lens takes you out of the experience. They think you should just be in the moment and leave the camera behind. For me, and I think for Bill too, this couldn't be more wrong. As a photographer and creative, I see the world through the eyes of an artist. When I look out over the scene, I'm composing, choosing the paint colors and the brush sizes. I see the details, the darkest shadows, the lightest lights. When I look through the camera i can even hear better and i know that this sounds silly but it's how it is for me my eyes are always scanning for the next image that will tell a story or convey a feeling i think that bill now sees this way too imagine how we felt when this guy walked into our frame bill you can go to the next picture (laughs) i know it is a mennonite man but it felt like it could be john Muir or Ansel Adams. It felt like going back in time, it also felt so humbling to see this man who chooses to live simply standing at the rim of the Grand Canyon in awe of our earth. For the record, and those of you who will say that it is rude to photograph a Mennonite man, I've done the research in the past when Bill got some awesome shots of some young Mennonite or Amish men pulling their tin fishing boat behind their horse and buggy. They don't have a problem with photography. They just don't believe in posing for pictures because they believe it shows pride or ego. This fine gentleman was fully aware. There were many cameras around him and he walked in front of ours for which I am very grateful. So you want to talk about this picture, Bill?
1: It was, it was, it was kind of crazy. Because we had just talked about the fact that I wonder what, uh, wonder how the first people felt when they saw this, and then to see this Mennonite man, and as you say, he lives lives simply, and that's how they live their lives. But it was almost ironic that I we saw this gentleman. This was the like the next checkpoint that we went to. That was an overview, and um, um, I remember him just saying, you know, they, they're usually men of little words too. And he walked out to the edge there and he happened to be fairly close to us and said, wow. Yeah. I had to agree with this gentleman. I thought, wow, a lot when we were at the grand. Canyon. Oh my Canyon. gosh.
0: I thought, wow. Every other second <laughs> yeah. it was just, it's so much to take in. It, yeah. it really is. So the second day at the grand Canyon, um, I'll read what I posted about our trip. Um, second day of our trip, headed back to the Grand Canyon National Park on our way to Utah. It snowed overnight, and we had six inches of wet, heavy snow on our rental car that morning. Why don't rental cars come with scrapers? We had to use our tripod to clean off the car, and we saw another fellow using his hiking pole. We didn't have high hopes on uh, great views in the park, but it was on our way, well, sort of, And we couldn't bring ourselves to bypass such a treasure. Once, One time when we were in Yellowstone, Bill stated out loud, today we're going to see a moose. And then we did. We had an amazing encounter with a moose, but that is a story for another day. On this snowy day, Bill announced, we're going to see a rainbow over the canyon. And we did. We stopped at um, most of the overlooks on the Desert View Road. It was snowing off and on. And at one particular spot, you could pull off quite close to the rim. Bill jumped out of the car, but I elected to stay in the car. Bill peered over the edge and then he turned his head to look at me with the biggest grin on his face. Then he motioned to me to join him. A rainbow. This man. It was quiet and cloudy with snow in the atmosphere. So no one else was around. We giggled. We snapped some photos. We. It got brighter and then eventually it faded away. But we were there to see it. We got back in the car. We fist bumped and off we went to Zion. So, Bill, there's the picture.
1: Yep. And guess what?
0: You can't see it
1: very well, but there's actually two rainbows. There's a double rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) Not one, but two rainbows. Thank you.
0: That was really, that was so cool. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah and that,
1: like I was saying before the just little nooks and crannies that you can see at some of these outlet out you know the uh, lookouts and uh, this just happened to be one that there, you couldn't see a whole lot of the canyon really but there was it was kind of cool busy because you can see in this in the foreground of this picture um the trees um covered up quite a little bit of it but they were full of snow and it was pretty dramatic so it was it was just a a really nice time to to see something different.
0: I think that that's the thing about the Grand Canyon is, every day that you go, it's going to look different. Yeah, you know, depending on the light, the the whether it's raining or snowing or there's humidity in the air, or whatever, it's just always going to be different.
1: I think it changes hourly there. Yeah, honestly,
0: I'm- I think that there was, if I remember, there was a um a notice at the station when you pulled into the park that said something to the effect of, you know, the weather changes frequently and without notice and there was no guarantee that you were going to have a great view. So, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we felt fortunate to see what we saw actually.
0: Yeah. So on our way up to Utah, um, one of the places, and we had planned to do this ahead of time. We had planned that we were going to stop at horseshoe bend and I'll read the a little post I put about Horseshoe Bend, and you can move to that next picture, Bill. All right. Uh, horseshoe Bend, have you been there? It's near Page, Arizona. It's amazing to see and to photograph. It was a stop for us on our way to Zion National Park. Horseshoe Bend is a horseshoe shaped turn in the Colorado River or a meander. Some of you may know that Page did not exist before the US government built the town to support the creation of Glen Canyon Dam and Lake Powell. In September of 1963, which happens to be the year Bill and I were born, the dam opened and Lake Powell and Lake Powell and a lot of energy were created. The dam flooded ancient native si- sacred sites, burial grounds, petroglyphs, pictographs, and many other archeolo- archaeological treasures. But I digress. If you'd like to read about it, and many of us have some time to read during the pandemic, I suggest reading The Monkey Wrench Gang by Edward Abbey. Until very recently, Horseshoe Bend was not all that popular. With the creation of social media, Facebook and Instagram specifically, it is now nearly overrun with people. Traveling in March is not peak season, and the newly expanded and renovated parking lot was nearly full. The paved path to the canyon is about a mile and a half, and it's about a mile and a half actually there and back altogether. I blame the altitude, 4,200 feet, for me being slow and winded. Boyne City, of course, as we've said before, is 594 feet above sea level. Also, it's not flat. Okay. So I'm out of shape. Some fella jogged by us on his way, got his cell phone picture and jogged back by us on his way out while we were still making our way in.
1: We had names for him. (laughs) We can't repeat right now. but
0: You don't see any indication of the canyon until you are right there, just like the Grand Canyon. It drops a thousand feet to the Colorado River right now. If you look very close in this picture, you can see river boats and rafts resting on the edge of the river below. Like the Grand Canyon, there are some fenced viewing areas or a fenced viewing area, but there's a lot of wide wide open areas for people to teeter on over the edge. In one of our pictures that we got that I'm not sharing today, um, there was a girl all the way out on the edge and if you look close in the picture, you can see the uh, arm of a man who at the time was pleading to her to get real and come away from the edge. It's not worth it for a photo. There were two kinds of people there. Those that were dared devilishly on the edge of the cliff edges and those that were super annoyed with those people. It is an amazing sight, though. Mother Nature is full of wonderful tricks and beautiful natural art. So what did you think of Horseshoe Bend, Bill?
1: It was fascinating. Yeah. Um I was I was thinking at the time, I wonder how many more of these bends like this are there in this river. And we hadn't been to the power dam, dam yet, which is only probably 10 miles downstream from this. Right. Um So, yeah, it was just amazing to see um how much that river bent for one thing, and how much um, it was just breathtaking. I it's mean, it was breathtaking. just really, really yeah. cool. The water, um, uh, this particular picture, the water kind of looks black, but um, again, depending on if the sun's shining or not, or if how it's hitting, the water has all different different colors, and is so clear you can actually see to the bottom of the wa- of the river from way yeah. above where we were standing.
0: Imagine being on one of those river rafts doing a it would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be yeah. very cool. It's um amazing how that river has just, you know, over millions of years carved this out of the rock. I mean, the rock just looks really hard. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was definitely worth a stop and we're seeing I think you just pay a fee for parking there. Otherwise, it's you know
1: there's yeah. I think we paid ten dollars to park there. Yeah, and it's just per car.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was worth the stop. There's also in that same area there are some slot canyons that you can um, pay to go through. Um, they're on the Indian reservation, so the natives collect money from that. I wish we had a figured out time to to do that but
1: yeah when we go back there sometime we'll have to make sure that we go on a slot canyon tour but um yeah again well worth the money you wouldn't well for one thing it's private property um but i don't think i'd ever want to try and do a slot canyon without a guide either because you can easily get lost in them
0: yeah it did make me nervous though the number of people who were really behaving recklessly i felt like they were Going way, way close to the edge of those. Yep, And then turning around with their back towards the edge of the cliff to take a selfie. (gasps) Yep. Yeah. We had purchased a new camera lens, a nice wide angle 14 to 24 millimeter um, lens before this trip. And uh, this was one of the pictures we took with the new lens that we could not have gotten this picture with. Without having that nice wide-angle lens.
1: No, because in this picture from oh, from one side of the picture from the left side of the picture to the right side of the picture is probably a mile, um, and it doesn't look like that in that picture. But it's it's a lot wider than it looks. We've got a lot of of the we got the whole bend in the one picture frame, which is pretty impressive.
0: So I'm gonna read the next post is about Zion National Park that I uh, posted on Facebook. And it says, um, our next stop on our national park tour was Zion National Park in Southern Utah. Early Mormon settlers first named this area Zion. And with little research, you can see why Zion means hill or mountain near Jerusalem. Also, it means a place of refuge and shelter. Zion National Park is all of this. When you visit Zion National Park, you are in the canyon for the most part, and you are on the canyon floor looking up 2,000 feet to the mountain peaks, unless you hike to the top, which we We didn't, we did not do. When we first arrived, it was raining and it was starting to get dark, and we came in through the west entrance and drove through the park to get to our hotel in Springdale on the east side. No, I'm saying that wrong, aren't I? Yeah, it's backwards backwards we came in through the east side and went to the west side correct this is a mountain pass and you drive on the edge of some steep cliffs and through a couple of tunnels that were blasted through the mountain amazing engineering and because of the rain there were little waterfalls everywhere it was too dark really and there was no place to pull over and get photos but these um, were sort of magical some waterfalls appeared to come down a ways and then disappear and then they would pour out of the rock face further down. And did I mention the mountains are all red?
1: Yeah, it's gorgeous red rock, really bright, orangish red rock.
0: Every turn of the road exposed another amazing view. At one point, Bill declared, the national parks are all trying to outdo each other. Zion National Park is one of the most visited parks. As a matter of fact, it is the fourth most visited park hosting 4 million people, over 4 million people a year. And because of this, you can only see half of the park by taking a shuttle bus. The buses run every 15 minutes. You can hop on and hop off. Um, It's pretty convenient. Uh, Bill and I were trying to avoid people, though. And so with no choice, we decided to be on the very first bus the next morning. So at 7 a.m., we got on the bus with only four other people. We took it to the end there, the Virgin River meanders through the canyon and we took the river walk hike, which is a paved hike. And it's pretty easy, but also pretty amazing. The canyon walls rise on either side of you and uh, hardy plants grow through the cracks in the rocks and the rock walls, which they call hanging gardens. At the end of the trail, you could continue the hike by walking and wading through the river. This is called the Narrows hike. The canyon walls are on either side of the river, so it is narrow. And the only choice you have is to walk through the river. But this being spring, it was closed for safety reason. I wonder which was more dangerous, the river or the shuttle buses full of people. We shared the trail with only a few people, mostly two young girls who were faster than us. But we kept catching up to them because they stopped often to take photos of each other like they were high paid fashion models. I think we hit this at the perfect time of year. It was cool, chilly, good for hiking. There were few people. There were no leaves on the trees to hinder our views of the mountains and waterfalls. And the Narrows hike was closed, so Bill couldn't even make me try to do it.
1: We went. We got to the edge of it, but no, there was still ice in the water. We wouldn't want to do that, even if we could. Yeah. No, the, there was oh, a good reason it was closed.
0: We've heard people talk about doing the Narrows hike and it sounds amazing, but it also sounds like it's.
1: Well, it can be dangerous because that river apparently, if it rains, they actually have flash floods in there. So you can be in in a section of the river that normally would be ankle deep and two hours later, it could be up to your chest.
0: Yeah. With a a current. Yeah. So it,
1: it can be really, really
0: dangerous. I didn't because I could only post nine pictures for this. I didn't include a picture from that first day, but um, the second day. And again, I'm going to read just a little bit. Um, this uh, on our trip we had a secret Sherpa with us. He joined us remotely and gave us travel and photography tips. Trip, sorry, tips while we were in Zion National Park. Jim Doty texted us and reminded us to not neglect the east side of the park. On the east side, you find Checkerboard Mesa and Petrified Dunes. To see the east side of the park, you have you can drive yourself. And there are some spots to park on the side of the road, but not many. I can just imagine what this must be like in peak season. We found the Checkerboard Mesa and the Petrified Dunes. Then we found a baby bighorn sheep, a baby, probably only a few weeks old. It was with its mother and with its last year's sibling. It looked, it looked like to us anyways, and we spent a lot of time watching and photographing this family. The baby would bounce and boing around like a three-year-old at gymnastics. So much fun, so glad Jim motivated us to spend some time on the east side. In our hotel room was a photograph of the famous Watchman Mountains. The photograph was taken at sunset and they were fluffy pink clouds in the sky, while the mountain was lit with the warm sunlight, we were so jealous of this photo. The problem was trying to find where the photo had been taken. We did some scouting to try and figure out where the photo, pho- sorry, photographer had stood and taken this amazing shot. We found some spots from the road, from the Watchman campground, from the bridge. The thing about it, really big mountains is that you can go miles in different directions and it still seems like they're right there. So problem number two was for copying the hotel photo um, was that we had no sunlight. It was cloudy and it had been raining and we did not think that we would get any good light, but we persisted. And after an amazing visit with those bighorn sheep, we found our spot and set up our cameras and waited for sunset and hoped for some light. Sun can be really fast in the, sunset can be really fast in a canyon not like over big water where you actually see the sun sink into the horizon in the canyon you have mountains blocking the actual sunset this sometimes makes for a lackluster event we were lucky and at the last second some clouds parted and we got a bit of sunlight on the watchman and some color in the fluffy clouds so the first picture here is of that mother mountain goat and the baby. That wasn't that so cool,
1: Bill? It was, and she was actually. Um, you talked just, you mentioned just a bit about petrified dunes, and some of this rock structure that they were on was actually part of that whole uh, petrified dunes area of the park. You can see that it was almost like sand waves that had, you know, are just rocked. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, that was. We actually saw those um, the baby and the mother again the next day on our way out of the park and got a few more pictures. That was really cool.
1: Yeah, they even crossed the road in front of us at one point. It was, that was pretty amazing. That was really cool. Yeah.
0: So then the Watchman Mountains at sunset.
1: The next picture is the Watchman and what they called the Watchman Tower. Yeah, and it was uh, and after we were pretty proud of this picture and then um, the. I think when we were leaving the park, we actually discovered where this gentleman must have taken the picture was from a parking lot. That's just outside of town.
0: Yeah. The last paragraph of my post says that perhaps the best part of the experience is the time sitting on the side of the road with Bill. You see, photography requires patience. Be there a little early, stay a little late, breathe in the fresh, thin mountain air, listen to the birds and the river, hold each other's hands. The sunset was glorious. The photo is a bonus, and then I have a uh, an asterisk that says after the sunset we headed back to our hotel. And on the way, we made a pit stop at the parking lot of the Zion National Park Museum. Guess what? That was the spot. That is with the view from the hotel photo. Note to self. (laughs) But the picture we got was pretty spectacular. Yeah. If you can, if you can look at this picture on your on a computer where you can blow it up a little bit bigger. It's just that there were still clouds in the sky, but there was enough light that gave them some purple and pink color. And it was gorgeous.
1: It was a good one.
0: We got to Bryce Canyon and we looked around. Do you remember that day? It was uh, we kind of got the lay of the land. Yep. And um, we did the, all the the viewing spots, and then the next day, the weather was going to be kind of bad at Bryce Canyon, so we decided to do a little side trip.
1: Yeah, we looked on the map a little bit and thought, you know, there's a couple more parks that are pretty close to here. We could, there's a
0: lot of parks. We, we could, could drive chose.
1: to the park called
0: Capital Reef. Capital
1: Reef. It's only about an hour and twenty minutes from where we're at right now. So we thought, well, let's let's go do it.
0: I have written down, it was a spur of a moment decision and perhaps fueled by um, a look at the weather map that we decided to take a side trip to Capitol Reef National Park. This park has never been on our to-do list, but why not? I would recommend always doing a bit of research before picking a travel destination so that you know a little about what to expect and what to look for. We did not, we just went. Um, Here's what the trustee, uh, oh, wikipedia says about capitol reef that it is a i'll try to paraphrase here a water pocket fold in um, the earth's formation it is weird right i mean bill what did you think especially before you even get to the park there's some areas that
1: oh there's some gorgeous red rock cliffs and stuff um, as you're going through the mountain past to get into capitol reef yeah Actually, I thought that was more beautiful than the park itself, quite honestly. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, I have written down a one-star review on Yelp of Capitol Reef National Park says bland. And I can kind of agree. Maybe it was the time of year that we were there. Maybe it was the time of day. But it felt like an abandoned gravel pit with some interesting rock formations.
1: Yeah, we had some friends of ours that thought, said to us, oh, Capitol Reef, it's one of my favorites in uh I remember saying to you, those people got to get out more. This is, <laughs> this is just a gravel pit.
0: I think but, there are probably some amazing hikes in Capitol reef that if we'd sought them out, we would have thought felt differently.
1: Yeah. Like you say, if we'd have done more research to actually see uh, what there was to do when you got there, um, yeah. we would have, we probably would have enjoyed it more and we probably should go back at some point and do some of the hikes that yeah, maybe. we have seen, you know, we've heard of and know where they're at now. So Um,
0: research shows that uh, once again, Mormon pioneers settled here in the 1800s. And I have to wonder why (laughs) it is after all a desert and it looks like a lot of rock and gravel, but those industrious early Mormons planted orchards, apple orchards, and they redirected the water off from the rocky terrain to sustain the orchard. And the orchards are still there today. So maybe if we'd been there when the orchards orchards were in bloom, we would have been more impressed. Um, there's an original farm that remains there. And one of the things on the farm is the original tree where the mail was delivered to. <laughs> Do you yeah. Yeah. You had to go to the one specific tree to receive your mail. So there's a picture here from Capitol Reef. And you can see um, a barn. Um, behind the barn is an apple orchard, an old apple orchard. And then beyond the barn is a large rock, form- rock formation cliff, mountain. Right. So I think, I mean, this picture is not that impressive, but if those apple trees were in bloom or even if they were had leaves on them, you know, they were green. I think that maybe it would have been the contrast would have been more impressive yeah
1: well the little settlement that's there like you say it was a Mormon settlement um it it was kind of impressive in that there you know, it was in the river valley um and like you say probably in the summertime it's probably pretty beautiful in there yeah um but I always think of these places there's a few places where the Mormons settled along the way that I thought why yeah it had to snow four feet here I mean why would you stop here and then be
0: 110 degrees in the summer
1: yeah like- yeah nothing like a little contrast
0: right um do you remember the drive home back to bryce canyon though from oh yeah um
1: yeah we left Capitol reef and we looked on the map and and i said to winnie
0: hey you can go this
1: way one of my famous shortcuts
0: yeah (laughs) and they and it was called a great american byway yeah so um we thought we'll take a scenic way back to bryce canyon well I, I can't remember the name of that particular byway or road, but it takes you up onto a huge high mountain peak. Really? You're driving on the peak of a mountain, like either From side the of the road. Very is,
1: top of the peak. Yeah. Which it, scissors back and forth. You yeah. go
0: across the grand escalade. Escalante. Escalante. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was, uh, we were telling our daughter and son in law about it um that night on the phone and he said, Oh, is that one of those scenic routes where the what you all you see is your white knuckles on the steering wheel?
1: Yes, that's the one.
0: That was exactly what it was.
1: <laughs> we kept saying, We hope there's nobody with a trailer up here where there's not room for two cars up here, let alone a trailer. Yeah, it was that was a that was kind of a crazy ride.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then back to Bryce Canyon, we went. Yes. Bryce Canyon is not a huge park, but it's just an amazing place. Um, again, settled by, of course, first Nation people in the beginning. But then after that, Mormons. and um at some point, a man named Reuben C. Sirret, also known as Ruby owned the property outside of the park and he started to build like a hotel and a campground and over the generations his um his family has continued to own all pretty much all the businesses in the little town outside it's called Bryce Canyon City um so we stayed at one of the Ruby hotels right (laughs)
1: We may have stayed at the only hotel that didn't have the name Ruby on it. It
0: didn't have the name Ruby on it, but they, but owned, they it. owned the property. Yeah. yeah. They own the restaurants yeah. that are there, they own everything.
1: Pretty much everything has Ruby something on in Bryce Canyon. And yeah, that's because of the of the Ruben who owned everything yeah. and his family still. Yeah, we, at, we ask uh um a
0: server at a restaurant. Server
1: at a restaurant, I guess it was um you know, um, we said kind of off the cuff, imagine it's uh, pretty pricey to buy property around here. And she said, no, it's not. You can't buy property yeah, around here. There's no buying property. <laughs> the Ruby family owns it all. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. So what Bryce Canyon is most famous for is what they call the amphitheater area, which again is a canyon. And but it has all of these crazy rock formations um, that are in the canyon um, it is something to see earlier I said that Grand Canyon was like a place of worship well Bryce Canyon felt like a temple yes um, Jim Doty gave us specific information about experiencing and photographing sunrise at Bryce Canyon which is our last picture uh, Yes we got up early in the morning and I guess it probably easiest just to read this post about photographing sunrise in Bryce Canyon. Um, we got a text from Jim Doty that said in the morning, you need to start at sunset point for sunrise. And he said, sunrise tomorrow is at 7:46. be there by seven. Sunset point at sunrise is a must. So we texted him the next morning at 6.21 a.m. in Bryce Canyon. We are at Sunset Point. It is 26 degrees Fahrenheit, and we are the only people here thus far. Clear skies and a half moon. At Bryce Canyon, there are a series of scenic lookout spots. The first few overlooks are considered the amphitheater area and show hoodoos and rock fins created by ice and erosion. Uh, The first stop is Sunrise Point and the second one is Sunset Point. Well, thanks to Jim Doty, we had the inside scoop that Sunset Point was really the best for Sunrise. Fooled you everyone who were at Sunrise Point. We had the best place and practically to ourselves. It was cold and dark when we first arrived. Bill is a morning person and with the three hour difference in time from Michigan, Getting up at 5:30 was like sleeping in for six hours for him already. I managed. I did make Bill promise me though that when we arrived in the dark, we had to stay by the railed, fenced areas, <laughs> and he agreed. We waited in the car for a bit and ate an energy bar and a weak cup of coffee from the hotel lobby, our social distancing breakfast of choice. Then out we went. A tiny bit of light was surfacing from the east. It was cold. But it was also dead calm. A beautiful clear sky with a half moon before us. We played with our camera settings and took deep breaths. Sunset Point is a little over 8,000 uh, feet above sea level. As the light began to creep up, the ravens began to play, maybe waking each other up. The many sounds of the birds uh, reverberated around the strange canyon filled with crazy rock formations. They are referred to as hoodoos and fins. And these shapes are created from centuries of erosion caused by wind, rain, and ice, as I mentioned already. At the right time of year, moisture during the day collects on the rocks and freezes at night, causing the rocks to crack and split. And we heard this.
1: Yes, we did.
0: In the stillness of the early morning, as the sun slowly crept up and warmed us, The earth, you could hear claps echoing in the canyon. It sounded like someone clapping a couple of two-by-fours together. The ravens would do flybys close to our lookout, and you could hear their wings whoosh, whoosh in the air. It was magical. Then the sun crested, and the horizon of the canyon began to light up and cast shadows created by the beautiful red rocks and the dark contrast we snapped away in amazement. Bill being brave took a a frozen trail down into the canyon for a ways. The dirt path was frozen hard at this point in the day, but later it would become a slippery mud mess. One other couple showed up, a retired couple from California who were trying to avoid people as much as we were. After exchanging pleasantries, we just gazed out over the canyon trying to take it all in. I'm not really sure how long we were there, two hours, three hours, maybe, but it felt like two seconds. We hated to leave, but the sun was getting higher and more folks were showing up.
1: So in this picture, I um, can't remember if this is, was where I took a walk down the trail, but the trail that, that led off of the viewing point that we were at, like Winnie had said, um, was icy. And we had noticed, uh, I believe maybe the day before we were looking at some trail that we wanted to possibly go into, uh, that people were walking through like clay, mud, slimy, and they were slipping all over the place. And we looked at each other and said, we are not doing that. Yeah. But uh, the I just tiptoed down a little ways and actually it was frozen enough that The gravel and and stuff that had been broken apart earlier in the day was was like walking on a gravel road that was nice and firm because it was frozen. So I took a little jaunt down the trail and um, someday I'd like to go a little further down and you can go a long ways down into this particular gorge that we were looking over. And uh, but, you know, looking
0: back, I wish I had gone with you. I was a little scaredy cat.
1: Yeah. Well. (laughs) That's why we're going back.
0: Yeah, we'll go back someday. This picture is beautiful. The sun is just coming up over the horizon and you can see the rays of the sun over the canyon and you can see all the hoodoos. And this is where you took your little hike because you see the one hoodoo right there that has the hammer of Thor head on it. I think that's actually what they even call it. Yep. And then there's um, some areas where there's snow. So it gives yep. a nice contrast. And Yep. Yeah, this is just—it's such a weird place and such a cool place.
1: And this this particular point is due east right here, but there's a whole nother, to the right of this picture. There's a whole nother canyon opens up, and it's equally as beautiful. Yeah, and that um is gets lit up um a lot more as the day goes on. It was pretty crazy.
0: It was probably a beautiful spot at, I mean, it was called Sunset Point probably for a reason. I bet it looked just as beautiful at sunset.
1: Yeah, um, I think we said that, you know, we thought, well, this probably is gorgeous at sunset as well.
0: Yeah, we thought about going back at sunset, but didn't it cloud out like the clouds did, came in? It and did.
1: Yeah, well, that was part of our plan for the day is, well, we'll just come back at sunset and, and see. Yeah, but it clouded up and it started snowing and rainy and um, yeah, it just, the weather got bad on us that day I mean, there's
0: so much more to say about bryce canyon that we haven't talked about that um like at the last viewing point and i don't remember what they call it where there's the prickly pine trees and there was boy, two or three foot of snow up at that point yes and yes and if you ever trees get the bryce pine point full of snow it was yeah. just incredible
1: yeah if you ever get into bryce canyon you have to go to that the last viewing point on the map it is absolutely gorgeous
0: so gorgeous so gorgeous yeah
1: and and we found out afterwards that it's one of the few places in the united states that those trees actually grow
0: yeah we didn't know enough about those trees ahead of time but we did appreciate them because they were gorgeous and it was so weird because you know down at the visitor center and the entry to the park there was no indication of snow that first day then you got to that last viewing point, which of course was higher altitude, and there was feet of snow. Just, right, right. Within yeah. 25,
1: 30-minute oh. drive? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, was crazy. crazy.
0: It was cool. So, Bill, um, that was March. Um, April, as far as photography goes, when I look back in our files... There wasn't a lot that we took pictures of in April, but April was an important month because April is when we started our podcast. Yeah. So we like to end our podcast by talking about the picture we didn't get, the picture that got away. And I think for me, we should have snapped a picture that first time we recorded a podcast and did it. Yeah. But we didn't even think to do that. We didn't even
1: think about it. No, we should have done a screenshot of ourselves. Then. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was probably the only exciting thing that went on in April as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. April was kind of a, a nothing month. It you're, was
1: a hunker down month. Everybody was really, really Everybody worried about the virus. Everybody was down because and, of
0: COVID. And um, in northern Michigan in April, you always are hopeful that you're going to start seeing signs of spring. But it's really May before you start seeing anything happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: April is always a little muddy rotten disappointment <laughs> yeah you
1: can get every you can get really nice days and you can get feet right. of snow it's just a matter of what what uh what happens to come off of the lakes around here
0: yeah yeah so uh, tune in next week when we're going to talk about may and june from 2020 and also We'd like to hear from you um, when we start up our podcast in 2021, we might make a few changes and we'd like to hear from you what you like about our podcast and what maybe we could change to make it a little better. Um, So if you want to text us or leave us a a direct message on Instagram or through Facebook, um, you can also call in and leave us a voicemail. If you go to our anchor Um, podcast page. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah, we definitely would love to hear from you. And uh, we really are curious what people think. And uh, moving forward, like Wendy said, we're probably going to do a little different format just to change things up a bit. So we'd love to hear from you. And uh, I'm glad you checked in today. And thanks for checking in. Have a great day.
0: And we'll talk to you next week.
1: Goodbye.